Hello and welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast with me, Paul Collis. And today, we're looking at Craig David. No, I won't do it like that. That's a cheap gag. I'm not going to do that. That's the first and last time it's going to happen. And yes, Craig David is at the Motor Point Arena today. And it's my, and this tour marks 22 years since he started his uh, career in the mainstream. Anyways, so... Craig David's show is a massive show. I mean, it is definitely the uh, top end of heavy on this. We have 10 trucks, three of which had to be sent away because of parking. We just couldn't get them parked inside or outside the arena. There just wasn't the space for it. And there's also three tour buses, hence why we had to send the uh, three uh, trucks away. Coming into the arena, and the build is well on its way. He has his own stage with him, hence why all the trucks. And it is quite a large rolling stage. And when I say rolling stage, it's because the stage is on wheels and they roll it into position. It has a few different sections on it. So the upstage part of the stage has a uh, riser right in the very back, just loaded up with moving lights, profiles and washers. You have also got four palm trees in the background along with some instruments being stashed out of sight so they're going to be handed up to the other musicians or there might be uh, musicians that will come forward onto the uh, downstage section of the stage at certain points also mid stage you have a long riser that, that spans the whole of the middle the middle section of the stage minus a little walkway either side and on there from stage left to stage right you have keys a synth, more keys and drums then on the next level of riser which they're currently building is possibly going to be the guitars and I would assume there's also going to be a DJ console on there as well we shall see that soon enough I can't give you any more details on the stage other than the side film monitors which are basically some mini line arrays that are pointing directly onto the stage from downstage left and downstage right giving Craig David the ability to listen to everything in the mix on the stage. Also on the mid stage riser they've got a load of those LED strobe and floods which are great units, real versatile and you could just do a lot especially where they pan and tilt. It's a great thing to have, it's two lights for the price of one. Anyways, and you've also got some of those units on the uh, downstage left and downstage right, as well as a couple of LED washer units. And with a bit of luck, the uh, stage will be rolled into position very soon. Behind the stage at the moment, because the stage is right at the front of the arena, obviously out of the way whilst they're building the lighting and AV rigs, as well as the sound stacks, you have stage left and stage right two projection screens which will be back projected then stage left and stage right you have the line arrays which are one wide and 14 deep then slightly back set at the 45 degree position you've got a smaller line array for the surround sound effect obviously the subs are not included at the moment because until the stage is in position the subs which i'm assuming are going to lie in the pit will go in front currently getting winched up right now is the LX1 or the front house bar. I would assume it's just LX1 because it will be above the stage. The front house bar which is in two sections, stage left and stage right. 
and they're just profile units so they will be giving a nice bit of face light to all sections of the stage and I would assume that they've that they got robo spots on there as well to pick up Craig David to uh, let him run around the stage and not use a traditional follow spot. You have LX 1, 2 and 3 yet again they're in different sections stage left and stage right are those and they're pointed 45 degrees into the stage and they're just full of LED wash units which I believe are BI units. Then you've got stage left and stage right you have two sets of bars one hanging off of the other which are full of profile units and those are uh, running on straight lines rather than being raked inwards rather than being raked on an angle at the very back of the staging area I'll say staging area and not the stage because the stage is not in position you have a lovely LED wall and either side of the LED wall you have the neon 22s hanging in between the screen and the uh, straight stage left and stage right lighting trusses so all in all a very very big space to fill and yes it's going to be a very good show I do believe also they've completely finished the mixer section which is right at the very back of the hall and they have their own mojo and it's chrome in color not that there's a difference between chrome or black it's just for the aesthetics and at the moment they have all members of crew all hands on deck around the stage because they're now about to push it into position so just at, just before they start they're just waiting for the lighting guys to make sure that the uh, front house truss is at the correct height so they can pull off the tape measures so the tape measures don't get caught up on the stage as it gets rolled into position and knock over a load of units but we are near enough there and they're sending some crew onto the stage to help support the booms so they don't tip over as well as other float cases that are not secured so this is the last final checks before they do that and currently those uh, other members of crew are now hugging <laughs> hugging the palm trees as they prepare to start moving the stage we're still waiting for a few things to happen before they can move the stage and one of those is uh, getting the forklift uh, in the recess behind the staging area now they had a slight issue and that was getting the forklift over a cable a specially built cable ramp to go underneath the screen but the forklift was too tall even on the forks being on the low point to get underneath the screen without taking out the screen which for all intents and purposes they should have had a forklift part there before they built the screen so they've had to remove the screen off its main upper dead and hope that they had enough clearance just above its hanging height and they actually just had enough there was an inch in it and it takes a skilled driver to be able to do that without crashing into the screen let alone uh, the cases of equipment and racks of power and data buffers etc because it's uh, it's a very narrow space either side of the passageways but they did it nonetheless that is why you hire professionals so this stage is just about to roll and i'm just waiting for them to do that they're now moving the stage great sight to see you out when doing this you have to be spot on the dimensions of it's not going to fit so what they've done is they've taped lines on the floor and uh, they've got someone spotting so if you're outside your line you shout stop and you get everyone to 
bump the stage into its right position. And then you need someone at the back to say, Stop! Don't go into the screen! <laughs> oh well. A nice insurance payout if they uh, do trash the screen, I suppose. And they are pretty much in position. They're just uh, making sure that they're within uh, the parameters. So the tape measures will come out to see if they're uh, where they're supposed to be and they've just given the thumbs up. It's a nice thing to do. Such a nice thing to see. We'll be back after this. So not only does Master X Media have a series of podcasts, but we also have a series of books. The first book is actually two books, it's volume one and volume two, of a tribute to working at sea. The best fiction is based on truth. This is a compilation of short stories, rants and poems loosely based on the author's experience at working on a cruise ship. Some of these stories are based on actual events but highly exaggerated, whilst other stories are pure fiction. The title of the book A Tribute To is fitting with the tone of the book because, like a tribute act, it is a blatant altered reality where you can enjoy it knowing it's not quite the truth. There are things of alcoholism which used to be highly prevalent within workers in the cruise industry, as well as stories with a sexual nature. So sit down, relax and enjoy the ride of A Tribute to Working at Sea Volumes 1 and 2. All of these books are available on Amazon and are available in paperback and on Kindle. And the links for all these books are in the description below. And we're back, so Craig Ashley David, MBE, born 5th of May 1981, is a British singer, songwriter, rapper, DJ and record producer who rose to fame in 1999 featuring the single Rewind by Artful Dodger. David's debut studio album, Born To Do It, was released in 2000, after which he has released a further five studio albums and worked with a variety of artists such as Sting, Tinchy Strider, Big Nasty, Kano and Jay Shong. Craig David has 20 UK Top 40 singles and 7 UK Top 40 albums, selling over 15 million records worldwide as, worldwide as a solo artist. Craig David has been nominated for 14 Brit Awards, 5 times for, for Best British Male and receiving a Grammy Award nomination for, for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance. Craig David was born in Southampton, Hampshire. The son of Tina Nee Loftus, a retail assistant at Superdrug, and George David, a carpenter, and grew up in the Holyrood estate. Craig David's father is Afro-Grenadian, and David's mother is Anglo-Jewish and related to the founders of the Accurist Watchmaking Company. David's maternal grandfather was an Orthodox Jew, and his, and his maternal grandmother a convert to Judaism. Craig David's parents separated when he was eight and he was brought up by his mother. He attended Bellamore School and Southampton City College. Craig David was bullied by other students at school. He wrote and released the song Johnny in 2005 about his sad memories of being bullied. Craig David's father played bass in a reggae band called Ebony Rockers. As a teen, Craig David began accompanying his father to local dance clubs where DJs let him take the microphone. On the 9th of September 2020, Craig David signed a global publishing deal with New York-based Round Hill Music. The agreement includes all of Craig David's musical catalogue to date, 
and also includes and features agreements that will see all his new music administrated by the company. So Craig David's discography is Born to Dira in 2000, Slicker Than Your Average in 2002, The Story Goes in 2005, Trust Me in 2007, Signed, Sealed, Delivered in 2010, Following My Intuition in 2016, The Show Is Now in 2018, and 22 in 2022. On the 30th of December 2020, it was announced that in the Queen's New Year Honours list, Craig David had been appointed as MBE in recognition of his service to music. His manager Colin Lester was also appointed OBE in recognition of his services to the music industry and to charity. Craig David received his award in Windsor Castle on the 15th of December in 2021. That's nice. We'll be back after this. A tribute to men that hate their jobs is a brutal but witty portrayal of working a job you hate. In this podcast, there are themes explored in which happy workers simply wouldn't understand unless they listen to these cautionary tales from a man that lost his ideal job because of the global pandemic. Be warned that this podcast contains strong, offensive language that some listeners may not want to hear. In addition, this podcast is definitely not recommended for younger audiences. The links for this is in the description below. So, Nipper is a, is a British singer and released his debut EP, a determined effort to bring vintage R&B back to the forefront. It is easy to get lost in the void of music releases these days, particularly if you, if you stray from the nation's trending sounds. The UK scene is dominated by rap acts, rightfully thriving in commercial appeal, but Nipper aims to make his voice heard through his newly released EP, featuring six tracks. Nipper's debut project is a mission statement straight out of North London. The focus is pure R&B, taking the essence back to the 90s and early 2000s with influences from Craig David, Brandy and Mystique Soulchild. Nipper significantly drew ears earlier this year with his track Situation, which lands on the EP alongside previous singles Ride or Die, and Paid the Price. Wisely, Nipper finds a balance between butter-smooth vocals whilst whilst staying next door to subtle hip-hop elements. Above all, there is an organic aura in play. Nipper isn't bringing back Naughty's R&B for the sake of it, or mercilessly replicating the greats of the genre. The melodies are crisp, the hooks are memorable, and the production avoids getting lost in moody, sol- uh, in moody solace. At this place, Nipper continued breaking through the ceiling and gave the UK R&B the spotlight it deserves. This came from mccheck.com. Is there anything else I can find? No, so that's all I can find on it, Nipper. So now let's take a look at Lost Girl. So with Lost Girl, yet again, um, I haven't been able to find much, but I found something on rmbrit.com. So introducing 20-year-old Lost Girl, he has released first single, I Won't Give Up, bringing the hottest garage vibes to the UK music scene. So this was written on the 16th of March 2020. 
So last month, newcomer Lost Girl released her first single, I Won't Give Up, and this song provides listeners with serious summer vibes. Lost Girl first blew up in 2017 from her remarkable cover of Ying Bane's hit single, Rihanna, which was over 70,000 views. Since then, Lost Girl hasn't stopped continuing to write music and signing her first record deal with Iron Records last year. Lost Girl is from Berkshire and from a young age she has always adored music. She was on her way to being the first member of her family who attended university to study law but decided to put her studies on hold to focus on music. During this time she gave fans covers of all her favourite tracks on social media and what a fantastic idea this was for building herself up. I Won't Give Up is, is full of energy and you immediately go back to the 90s when listening to this song with its garage inspired instrumental I Won't Give Up was produced by the talented Okan and is a song about not giving up on love. Lost Girl expresses throughout this, this song that her mister had made her forget about her problems since he entered her life. In his presence she can solve all her problems. Lost Girl's special work someone has returned to her after a year and she and she is still holding on that unique love as patience is a virtue. Since release and I won't give up this single has been added to the UK gossip R&B playlist on Spotify and also Kiss FM UK Kiss Fresh playlist. BBC Radio at one extra playlist and was voted as their record of the week. My overall opinion on I won't give up is that I love the song and the UK garage vibe. The song is fun and you cannot help but dance when you hear it. Lost Girl sounds incredible on this song. She has a silky voice that is gentle but extremely enjoyable. I have had I Won't Give Up on repeat since I first came across it and is definitely in my playlist. I'm excited for Lost Girl's future. I know she has a bright future ahead of her and it is well deserved. And this was written by The Cure and Laughter on rnbrit.com. We haven't been able to find out too much about either Lost Girl or Nipper, but I'm sure that their music will speak for itself. We'll be back after this. The name's Vert, Percival Reginald Vert, and I run the PR Vert Detective Agency. The year is 2055, and the police have been defunded. So if you need a police investigation, the police will charge you a thousand big ones a day. Because of this, the government introduced the PI Act, where the private investigators can undercut the police so justice can become affordable. These are my case files. Percival Vert is no hero. He is a low-life scumbag and the full embodiment of how not to be a man. He cheats his way into getting work, he objectifies women and is quite a disgusting human being, if you can even call him that. Gumshoe is intended to poke fun at everyone that takes life too seriously and directly towel whips the modern day Puritans in the balls because they've forgotten the fact that when something isn't funny in real life, it's probably hilarious in the land of fiction. Come and listen to Gumshoe every Wednesday. The links are in the description below. And we're back. So everything's all fully installed right now. And the trees that were upstage have now been repositioned on the sides of the stage. And there's even some massive polystyrene rocks been placed in front of the uh, first section of riser. Which, under the lights, they look okay. But if you uh, look um, closely, they definitely look very Star Trekky with the uh, polystyrene. Um, sets 
But no, it, it it's good. It looks all good once all the lights are on there. And also, each section of the riser has actually got a uh, row of screen on it as well, which is integrated into the main screen behind it. And at the front, where the DJ decks are for the mixing on uh, the Craig David sets, there's also another bit of screen basically masking off the uh, DJ console. So that, yeah, it's looking pretty good actually. Uh, now I'm having a look at the uh, high-res LED screens. They've got cameras on the stage doing close-ups as well as a front of house camera. And that's all nicely merged and interacting with the, with the lighting rig. And it also vision mixes in and out of some graphics and video footage. And that's all paired up to the side screens as well. In front of the stage, all the subs have been set. You've got six stacks of subs, which are uh, three uh, sub cabinets wide each. And when they did the sound chest with them, wow. When the uh, subs were put onto subharmonic mode, you could seriously feel the impact of those units in, the, in my control room let alone what will be what it's like on the floor. So it's going to be a very bassy affair tonight. Looking at the VT that's currently on all of the sections of screen and the, and the sets and the trees and the lights. It looks like, well, how can I, how can I describe this? Years ago, when I worked on the cruise ships, I'd overnight in Barbados every two weeks. And it just feels like I'm at an outside nightclub like I used to go to and the one I used to go to all the time on Barbados was called Harper Lights 20 US dollars and you're in for a whole night and you had unlimited drinks at the bar that's the kind of club that I used to love going to but I digress that's what it kind of reminds me of and I'm looking forward to uh, the stage being full of haze I mean it's a little bit hazy at the moment just so I could focus the lights but when, they, when it's all finished and the stage is flooded with light and, and haze and the VT, it's going to look amazing. He, Craig David definitely has spent the money on uh, this tour. And I wonder exactly what it's going to be like. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not a fan of Craig David's music per se. I can appreciate it, but this is going to be a visual experience on top of on top of his uh, musical ability and we cannot deny that Craig David has musical ability and songwriting ability and we all know before the show's even started that Craig David knows how to work a crowd. We'll be back after this. If you're a singer, a musician, a cabaret artist, dancer, actor and you want to promote your show or promote yourself and you want to have a conversation, you could do this by coming on our show. The email address to contact me is masterxmedia1983 at gmail.com and come on our show. And we're back. So Nipper was introduced to the stage and was, and was given a red backing wash. And with that wash, that's all he had lighting wise, although it did change to a lilac wash on his last song. It was that. It was basic, it was simple, a little bit of face light, and it worked, it did its job. Personally though, I thought that the bass on his track on his backing track 
and it was backing track now as there was no band on stage with him but the bass and that was really really heavy and for the first two songs you could barely hear the vocals over the bass which is a shame really because at the bits that you could actually make out his lyrics and you could make out his vocals he actually had a good singing voice and a really good rapping voice but it was just consistently drowned out which unfortunately was a shame but that's life you can't always win sometimes also one thing that I noticed uh, as well from, from Nipper was his confidence did lack a few times when he was addressing the audience he would uh, be talking to the sides of the stage and not directly at the audience same with when he was rapping he was rapping as he was walking from side to side of the stage but he didn't actually look into the crowd that often but this is an experience thing and he's fresh he's a fresh artist and it just comes as part of the territory he just needs a bit more practice because this is obviously his first actual tour and He's got a lot of potential, he just needs to believe a bit more in himself and uh, rap out and sing out to the audience when he's uh, doing his tracks. It's just an experience thing and even though he is a bit on the inexperienced side, he definitely has potential to become a big star. From his uh, music genre of 90s R&B, it worked. It did work, there is still a market for it. But it was a bit unfortunate that he only had a uh, short 15 minute set and he didn't get the uh, round of applause that he uh, should have got. But that, yet again, is because a lot of the audience, when I was walking around the venue, did feel like he was drowned out. And there's not much you can do about that. If you're drowned out, you're drowned out. Your lyrics, your message is not going to come across. It just isn't. And on his final song, When the Lights Changed, Halfway through, he jumped down from the stage onto the bass bins and then into the pit and he was singing directly to the ladies in the front row. And it worked. It was good that he did that. He tried something different. But ultimately, he just didn't get the round of applause that he should have actually got. Which is a pity. It's just sometimes how it goes. Although he did get a good introduction. He did get a round of applause as he came onto the stage. And he did get a bit of an applause in between songs. But yet again, he could have got much more of an applause between songs. And at the end of the set, had people been able to hear him over the bass. Okay, so moving on to our second support. And that was Lost Girl. So she came on in the blackout. And as soon as her DJ started, she started to sing with her smooth voice. As what was described in the... Uh, bit of info that I managed to dig out on her and wow she has definitely got a voice on her her first song was a medley of mid 1990s to early 2000s uh, garage tracks and yeah even though they weren't the actual tracks they were her own versions of them where she reworked them to be a nice mellow beat going in and out and segueing into the next one with sections of the songs, not obviously full songs, but it was refreshing to hear it done in a different way and sung with with her uh, superior voice. And I'm going to say that throughout because she's got a really, really great set of vocals on her. 
and it's just undeniable she was really good now sound wise for her entire set you could hear her properly so when you compare her tracks to Nipper I believe it wasn't down to the sound engineer I believe that Nipper's tracks were just loaded with bass and there's not much the sound engineer could have done because it was the same sound engineer he was mixing Lost Girl she just wasn't overpowered by the bass even though that sound system was very powerful it wasn't actually in overdrive even with Nipper it wasn't for in overdrive as I said it was to that it was down to the uh, the massive amount of bass on the track but with Lost Girl you could tell that her well with Lost Girl she had the same lighting setup as Nipper did so red a little bit of amber and the lilacs as well so absolute basic lighting because they're keeping everything held back for Craig David and rightly so because it is his stage and yeah she had a stage presence around her as well every dance move was was full throttle and we weren't talking about going all full full out you know doing massive fast dance moves no she was dancing in beats with her at tracks and it was very well choreographed everything that she did was very well choreographed from shaking herself down to the audience uh, when she's singing directly to the audience she's getting lower and lower in certain places to uh, the dance moves and go and walking from side to side to the stage and directly addressing the audience with her dance moves as well as her vocals and i really do feel like lost girl will definitely definitely go far in this industry i mean she has such an awesome stage presence and I'm sure, along with her vocal ability and with her musical ability from making her own tracks, that she would definitely, definitely stay in the public conscious for quite some time. We'll be back after this. 30 Years Since is a sci-fi story podcast, which is full of dramatical moments and a bit of gratuitous violence. The first series was originally done in first person, so it, the character is just telling a monologue. And then the second series and onwards became more third person, so it was more of an in-depth story. And uh, you have all the characters actually interacting with each other. Great set of sci-fi stories. So 30 years after an alien invasion, which uh, the humans lost, and the first story arc is now over though we've got plenty more story arcs left to tell from the land of 30 years since so why not check it out the links are in the description below so the house lights went down for craig david's show and he started off in blackout and like some other shows recently the mobile phones come out so people could see and it kind of spoiled spoiled the effect but ultimately he did start off in blackout because the uh, mobile phone light stayed mainly on the audience and not spilling onto the stage where craig david started center stage on the top riser section and even though the vt started with a little bit of lighting on there Craig David stayed in full-blown silhouette as a picture of the moon appeared and started to get more and more 
animated with the stars around the moon and then as that was coming up the uh, lights on the uh, on the side of the stage started to light up the uh, palm trees which gave more of a nighttime feel and this nighttime feel just reminded me of going to uh, nightclubs outdoor nightclubs when I was in the Caribbean for example Harbour Lights and I'm not getting paid for a shout of this um, because I'm just saying it because it's true <laughs> Harbour Lights was a great great outdoor nightclub in Barbados and loved there 20 US dollars in and it was an open bar awesome awesome I'm not sure if it still exists it's been many years since I've been out there but that's how it was back then and and Craig Davis intro just reminded me of being at Harbour Lights uh, just the way how it looked with especially with the uh, neon pastel colors as well as looking up at that screen where it just showed the night sky just completely lit up by natural beauty and that's what he definitely had throughout the whole show the outside nightclub feel to it you know like being on in at a beach party or just being generally on an outdoor gig in real hot places like in uh, in the mediterranean or even in the caribbean as i said lighting wise in general it was mainly washers which doesn't matter because that's just how it was designed it was designed to for the lighting to supplement the LED screen because the LED screen was really bright so you'd lose a lot of intricacies within the lighting effects that they would do hence why it was mainly washers rather than profiles and the profiles would just be shining from the back of the stage uh, 45 degrees up to the to the uh, audience just so it could be used as emphasis points in the uh, music same with the LED strobes as well which were the only lights that were bright that were brighter than the actual LED screen and then you also had the LED strips that are on top of every truss section and every uh, lip of the risers of on the stage so it was all had nice little lighting effects on there and those LED strips were used to help emphasize bits in the songs that yet again same with the LED strobes or floods however they were used they were all used to emphasize parts of the song and not be used to uh, do the main part of the lighting of the song the stage was essentially just a nice wash to cover the outdoor feel to it so it was either if it was a nighttime feel to it it was the darker purples and pinks with a little bit of amber in there or if it was a daytime feel it was more yellow and amber and a bit of red in there as well so it was plotted incredibly well and as I said it was plotted as a supplement to the LED screens sound wise there were some really bassy songs but it was um, predominantly subharmonics and when I say subharmonics it's not really loud offensive bass it was more bass that was within your body you'd, you'd feel the bass more than hearing the bass and that is what the subharmonic mode is all about just feeling it and the uh, noise itself wasn't actually that loud I've had louder in here with uh, half the sound system the sound was designed to make it feel like you're actually outside and you'd just feel the bass rather than hear the bass and it was brilliant now the VT the VT was superbly shot, it was second to none. It was enhanced actual visuals, So, and when I say actual visuals, we're talking about 
videos of the beaches or of the sky and whatnot and it was enhanced by the computer graphics as well and they put shapes on it or uh, or morph some of the colors so uh, they'd morph and augment some of the uh, colors so they are artificial colors on top of the natural image and it looks really really good it's definitely they definitely spent a lot of money on that visual technology and it and with that bright led screen it was just really really good performance wise craig david hasn't lost anything it's been 22 years since he released his first album and he said that earlier on in the show as well and vocally he hasn't lost a thing his vocals were just as strong and just as sharp as they were when he was in his teens in his late teens because craig david is 18 months older than i am so he hasn't lost anything where people like me have oh well I'm, i've always been tone deaf anyways <laughs> but no not only hasn't he lost his vocal ability but he definitely hasn't lost his stage presence and you need your stage presence along with your vocals for a show like this and Craig David hasn't lost any of it I mean to be fair I've never been a fan of Craig David he's just not my genre of music but I can appreciate the fact that he was good at what he did at what he did back in the day and he hasn't lost any of that even into his modern songs he's just um if you're a if you were a Craig David fan, you would definitely be so proud of seeing a show like this and paying for it and paying for the privilege of seeing a show where where he not only did he spend a lot of money for his fans to see an amazingly visual show, but he also yeah he also enjoyed being on the stage and having that stage presence to uh, make everything for the fans and giving the fans everything that they wanted and yes they got it they surely got it now overall the audience reaction was superb they loved they loved being here they loved seeing this show and every song he got a massive round of applause every so often the audience would be singing all the words to the song, to all the words to their favourite songs, and they just enjoyed themselves. And you could feel that, and you could feel that the audience were feeding off of Dave, Craig Davis' energy, completely feed, completely feeding off of it. It was great to watch this actually. It was really great to watch not only the show but the audience just enjoying themselves. And that at the end of the day, that's exactly why Craig David does what he does. Same with other artists as well. They love being on that stage. They love being on that stage to be to make the fans' lives happy and giving everything they can to the fans who put them up on that stage. If you've enjoyed listening to today's podcast, please hit like, subscribe and share. And if you haven't already done so, why not check out more content from Musterx Media on our website. That is www.musterxmedia.info and we shall catch you next time. Bye for now.